Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know, non-stop Viking talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Could we be better? Yeah. Could we be worse? Yeah. I mean, we are what we are. And, um, but I like the resiliency of this team. You know, they fight. Um, you know, I felt like there were so many times we should have put the game away today. And... Um, we didn't we didn't do that so we still have to get you know where we get to the point where we got a team down we we put them away and um we didn't do that today so that's you know something we'll keep talking about keep working on and trying to trying to fix mike zimmer i think we played that clip also earlier this week but i like it it's it's, it, it he really sort of sums up what the Vikings are after six games, which is probably should be better. Why aren't we putting teams away? And now they've got two weeks to self-scout. There's no self-scouting here. We just keep churning content. There's no time. No. We don't go back and look at the film. We just plow ahead here on Purple Daily. (laughs) It's true. It's actually very true. Presented by Sterling Brewing Company, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and our executive producer, Declan Goff, is on vacation, a much-earned vacation this weekend, and so we got our guy, Ross Brendel, making his Purple Daily debut, pushing buttons, and uh, you can also find his podcast, Minnesota Sports Chat, wherever you find podcasts. So, boys, if you're... uh, Oh, I should also thank the audience that's watching us on a TCL TV, because TCL is a huge and, I think, proud supporter of us. We're proud to have them. And they've got a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. And every Thursday, it's our State of the Vikings offense conversation. I've got four key offensive stats to give you guys here in a second. Mm -hmm. But, Judd, we were emailing back and forth last night, just kicking around some different things to talk about on the shows. And I think the question you asked is a good one to open the show with here. When was the last time... You felt this good about the Vikings' offense. So I was thinking about this last night as I sent you the note, and I thought, and my first inclination was, has it really been that long? Because my first thought was, and by the way, I don't feel as good about this version on how it's being used, but just as far as the pieces and what it's capable of doing, my first thought was 2009. Hmm. Um because since then, it feels like there's been a hodgepodge of QBs. Um, there, there was a there became a time period where they became so reliant on Peterson that it undermined what they probably should have been doing, which was being a little bit more balanced, which by the end was not good. 
the Keenum thing was a gr- it was fun as hell, and I mean Diggs and Thielen were great, but the but the Keenum thing, like we we talked about that, and Zimmer t- talked about that at the time. The balloon was always going to pop at some point. Like you knew it was coming. I never looked at, at that and thought, okay, they've answered the problem. Case Keenum, let's go. I thought this is really fun, and it's going to end. Um, you know, Kirk his first two years certainly not. Not that they were bad, but confident and felt good about it. Not really. So when you look at what they have right now, all right, a hot quarterback who's good, no question about it. In fact, right now he's very good. A backfield with Dalvin Cook, who gets hurt too much, but Madison behind him. So you've got two backs now. In my opinion, you've got two backs that can start mm-hmm. uh, with, without, without saying – We've got to put um, Amir Abdullah or Mike Boone in. Oh, my God. You've got not one, not two, but three receivers. Um, the tight end p- position is not perfect, but it's solid. With Irv Smith Jr., it would be lethal. Yes. Oh, my God. The offensive line is improving. Like it is, the if, if Darisaw is the guy at left tackle, your tackles are now taking care of long term which is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guards aren't perfect, but again, I don't think that they're train wrecks or even close to being train wrecks on a regular basis. Center position is a concern, but when's the last time that like, I felt if, if the gloves were taken, if this offense was allowed to operate with the governor taken off, it's really good. With Irv Smith, it would be outstanding. I Phil, if this sounds crazy, perhaps, I think 2009, and and that was driven by Brett Favre, clearly. But I think 2009 is the last time that I felt going into a game. This offense is really good. And see, I here's where I'm at with this. I like the way that they did things, for the most part, against Carolina, which is one of the best pass-rushing defenses in the NFL. They found a way to throw down the field more often. The protection held up. So a lot, a lot of it's situational. Like, if the protection holds up, then the offense is going to be... Much better. Most offenses would be. But they took more deep shots. Um, I think Kirk was making a concerted effort to target his best players. Justin Jefferson had like 14 targets in that game. Thielen had 13. So I like that. But overall, through the first six games, if I'm not just looking at the second half against Carolina where they broke out, if I'm looking at the totality of the first six games, I'm actually really underwhelmed and disappointed by this offense. They're 11th in yards per play. They're 13th in points per game, and I think that includes a defensive touchdown. The Cowboys, the Bills, and the Buccaneers are all averaging 10 more points per game offensively than the Vikings. The Vikings sit at 24 points per game. The Cowboys are the highest-scoring team in the NFL. You'll face them on Sunday Night Football here in a week and a half at 34 points per game. There's five teams averaging at least 30. Chiefs, Cardinals, Bucks, Bills, Cowboys. Yep. The Rams are sitting at 20. Well, the Rams are also at 30. They're at 29.8. Yep. So, like, I feel like the Vikings should be averaging an extra touchdown per game based on their oh. weapons, the improvement to the offensive line. Yep. So, like, that's where I'm at. I, w- I feel good about the potential of the offense. I don't feel good about the overall output through six games. Okay. From a coaching standpoint, you're 1,000% correct. They, they have underwhelmed most definitely. So, you are correct. My question was based more on, and I, I probably should, should have done a better job of explaining this. My question was based more on the personnel and the weapons that you potentially have. Mm-hmm. Because there, and this is my problem with the coaching. 
There is no reason why this offense shouldn't be consistently explosive. Like, zero reason why. So, yes, as far as the execution, I'm with you. I'm underwhelmed. But when's the last time I felt this good about the components that you put on the field? It's 2009 because you have everything. Like, this week, this week should not be spent with the players, like, trying to to be like, you've got to improve your technique here and there. This should be spent with the offensive coaches and Zimmer telling them what they need to do. Um, Because there is what you just went through, Phil, statistically, is inexcusable. It really is. Like, we've watched... They've taken a step back overall offensively in terms of, like, points per game. And and there's no excuse for it. What we saw, Carolina has faults. And I think that, overall, they're they're not good. But Carolina's defense going into that game was damn good. And the Vikings proved that when they put together what I guess would, you know, in a condescending way, we could just call a coherent game plan. Because it wasn't like it was great. It was good. But it's not like it, it was great. But when they put together a game plan where you are watching the game and you're like, okay, that makes sense. They're going to put up points. They're going to put up points. So to be clear, my question and my feeling is based on the personnel that is on the field because I am underwhelmed by every aspect, and I still contend it starts with, with the head coach of how this offense has executed with the players it has. And I'll go back to one thing. When's the last time this team had a third receiver as good as Osborne? Yeah, it's uh, he's really good. You know, I think you know, was Jarius Wright the third receiver for a yes. couple of years. Like, and they wouldn't use him. Solid, but but I mean, they didn't like to use him, which was very odd. And Osborne's Jarius, more explosive, hundred percent, and and he's better. He's flat. Jarius Wright was a really smart player, and I think he was good. Osborne's more explosive. He he makes catches in traffic that a lot of guys don't make. KJ Osborne, if you if you right now put him on a team that needed a receiver, would easily be a two, and in some places might be a one. For sure, he played that well. Yep. No, he's but, been. He's but been yes, excellent. it was personnel because I'm. I am never going to say, "Wow, they've done a good job," and the players aren't, or the, the coaches have done a good job. They have not done a good job, and that's what they need to come out of the bye doing. They need to understand what this offense is capable of doing, and. With Kirk playing the way Kirk is playing, to not ride this, it's flat out stupid. Yeah. So I, I have, as always on Thursdays, I've got four key offensive stats, and the theme is going to be the passing game today. All of these are going to be focused around either Kirk Cousins or the passing game in some way. But one thing that's not falling short of expectations, I think, is Judd's last three weeks on Livia. Livia, Livia Weight Control Program. My good man is fantastic. I'm, I'm, in fact, we're uh, taping this on Thursday. I'm going in to get weighed today, down 12 pounds in two weeks, down 12 pounds. And I think you can see it in my face. Now, I got the beard still. But I think you can see it. The face is thinning out. You're down a chin. It's crazy. I'm down, I'm down a chin. I feel good. Here's the nice thing. I'm sleeping good. 52 next month. So, so yes, it's nice that my clothes are, are uh, looser. It's nice that I feel good, but most importantly, I'm getting healthy, and I'm doing it with a program, and let me tell you right now that you can join me on Livia. Here's the best part, boys. Join now. First 10 weeks are free. First 10 weeks are free. That means you can get to the holidays feeling good about yourself. Get back in that suit. You go to Christmas Eve Mass. 
You're fitting in your suit. You're not like, can I wear sweatpants to Christmas Eve mask because I've gotten too fat. You're feeling good. First 10 weeks for free. It's this simple. Livia.com or call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. 855-G-O-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com. Check them out. And like I said, you get to the holidays feeling good, fitting in your suits, and put those sweatpants away like I've done because, my God, during the pandemic, I wore nothing but sweatpants and shorts. And thank you, everyone, for supporting the sponsors that support our show because – You like that? Absolutely. You like that? It definitely, uh, it definitely helps us continue to build this business. Uh, we launched Score North less than three years ago. We got hammered during the pandemic, and, uh, and the company had to let a bunch of staff go. We've gotten back up off the mat over the last year and a half, and it's thanks to, uh, to our partners. So thank you guys for uh, supporting our partners. Four key offensive stats here. Theme, passing game. Let's start with this one. Number one, trailing or tied late in the game. All right? And I've, I've floated a couple of these throughout the week, but I, we can drill down really now here in the state of the offense episode. So inside of six minutes of the fourth quarter or overtime, trailing by two scores or less or tied. So like you're in comeback mode, you're not getting blown out, but you're in comeback mode or it's tied. And and this is where many games are won and lost, right? Inside six minutes, the opposing team knows you're going to pass. How do you rise up as an offensive line, as a quarterback? Kirk Cousins so far this year, in those situations, last six minutes, fourth quarter or overtime, tied or trailing by a score or two scores. So you got to have it. Yep. Kirk Cousins leads the NFL. In passing yards and first downs, you're just trying to move the chains, move the ball forward, get into field goal range, score right. a touchdown. Yeah. He leads the NFL in passing yards and first downs in those situations. The three years before that, so his first three years in the in, as Vikings quarterback, I don't have apples to apples stats here, but I can give you like he was 46th in passer rating, 45th in yards per attempt. And he had a 56% completion percentage with more interceptions than touchdowns. He was objectively bad in those situations the first three years as Vikings quarterback. Now, you might say, you know, there was times in the fourth quarter where he would get the Vikings a lead and then the opposing team would score because the defense was leaky or something. But you know what? That's what happens in the NFL. Like, the right. NFL has a lot of back-and-forth fourth quarters. Right. And oftentimes, however it plays out, whether it's low-scoring game, high-scoring game, the ball winds up back in your hands with three minutes to go, with 37 seconds to go, and the opposing team knows you have to pass, the spotlight's on you, go get it. And he has been statistically the best in terms of pass yards and first downs gained in those situations. I'm not surprised. Um, And the only game that I felt like this year where I had that Cousins-esque feeling that it was going to fail was Cleveland. Which they did get, you know, they they did move, um, but yeah, and I I don't know what exactly like has changed mentally, um, but he is now he now appears to have more of a calmness, and it's not a fire drill which it seemed to, to be previously. Yeah. That that and and I mean that is such a huge step. Now perhaps the protection ha- has improved too. It feels like the offensive line, aside from a couple games this year, has actually done its job. Which there have been huge stretches in the last two years, right or three years, where it's been like, oh my god, this this is terrible. Yeah. But yeah, um, it 
something has definitely clicked, and that's why it's so frustrating at the end of the first half when they don't try this. It's weird. Because, I mean, the man is You guys moving. have been great at the end of games when you have to have it, but when you, when you could have it at the end of the first half, they're like, ah, it's just... Let's just run the clock out. And by the way, this is how it should work when you have three guys that can catch the football. Yes. It, like, like, you don't need to get cute when there is no way a team, if you deploy Thielen, Jefferson, and Osborne, there's no way that a team can be like, we're going to shut off all three down, right? So if Kirk has the time to find them, you're going to move the football. Yeah. Uh, and, and let's get to the second one here, all right? The second of four key Vikings offensive stats. Self-inflicted pressures. We talked about this a little bit last year. So when, whenever we think of like a quarterback getting pressured, we always think the offensive, li- the offensive line, right? Yeah. It's the offensive line's fault. Well, pro football focus tracks self-inflicted pressures. So if you hang on to the ball too long, or in the case of a lot of mobile quarterbacks, they will just like sort of scramble their way into pressure. Kyler Murray does this a lot, like more than almost any other quarterback. Pat Mahomes does too, where... They're using their mobility to keep a play alive, and then an edge rusher comes out and chases them, and it's a pressure, but it's not the offensive line's fault. That quarterback is, we're like five seconds after the snap now, right? So last year, Kirk Cousins was charged with 27 self-inflicted pressures that weren't the offensive line's fault. That was the seventh most in the NFL and the most among non-mobile quarterbacks. The guys above him were Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Tyler Murray, the guys, Lamar Jackson, that would that would keep plays alive and welcome pressure that way. Mm-hmm. So 27 self-induced pressures by Cousins for holding onto the ball too long last year. This year, two. Only balls, two balls in coming six out. Games. Balls coming out. Yes, and that's you know, and, you know, is the offensive line a little bit better? So he's you know, he feels like he maybe has time to survey whatever, but like he is getting rid of the ball quicker, objectively. Yeah. Yep. And he's not he's not doing the thing where, you know, oh, my God, I'm going to sit here and play patty cake and get strip sack. Like, right. the ball is out more right. often this year. That's a really interesting number. I think my main question off of all these Kirk stats is this. How did he – what got him past the, the Kirk September struggles? Because Kirk Tober is great. But like that guy's good. It that got off to a good. slow start, though. Kirk Tober against the Browns was not. Uh, yeah, no, but but I'm saying that's a game where he where where the entire team was not great. But Kirk did not have the September that was terrible, um, and it just it feels like I'd love to go behind the scenes to see like what's transpired here because it feels like we skipped that first step of oh my god this guy looks terrible right he's holding the ball too long he's fumbling um, to his credit and this is this is to Kirk. He has cleaned a lot of things up, and, and like I feel now as if we're seeing probably the best that Kirk can possibly be instead of this Jekyll and Hyde Kirk, right? Oh, terrible month, but now he's the NFC Offensive Player of the Month for October. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting conversation that we sort of skipped that step, and there was an immediate confidence. And I wonder, Phil, because this is important to Kirk, I think. I wonder if it's not an immediate defiance as well. I always feel, or I always felt that Kirk Tober was the result of Kirk Tember being so bad, and then fans and, and like be, being like, "Oh man, this guy's not good. Like it's not working." And then he'd be like, "I'll show you." It almost feels like that chip on his shoulder and defiance has been there since week one, um, which is a great thing. But it's just an it's it's 
like he's doing things now the way that he should, and if some of that has to come from him. Like it can't all be coaching, and and I just don't think the offensive play calling's been great, and he's still done a fantastic job at times of overcoming that. Yeah, well, he did, you know, very famously this offseason, he said, yeah, I went back and watched all of my previous games. I've never yeah. sat down and, like, done that full review. And you know what he, you know what he probably saw? A lot of skittish play late in games. Yep. He probably saw a lot of self-inflicted pressures where he's got to get rid of the ball quicker. Like, those those things have been cleaned up in the first six well, games. He's a, he's a different dude with these first two things, the, the self-inflicted pressures yep. and, the, and the late game poise. The fourth quarter, the late fourth quarter drive that that it ended with the Joseph miss when Darisaw got beat for the only time in that game Sunday, and the guy went for the strip sack and missed, and then he missed Kirk. That is as uncousins like as I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like he he not only protected the ball, he escaped. And I, if I'm not mistaken, that was like a second down play or a third down play. He would have lost huge yards. They almost certainly are dead at that point. These are things that, that like, you can point to specific plays that are different. Mm-hmm. All right, the, the third one is play action. So, historically, Kirk has been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, play action. And he's been he's been fine when they don't run play action, but, the, but there's always been a pretty big gap. Like, when you run play action, that's his wheelhouse. When you don't, it can get a little skittish sometimes. So Cousins and the Vikings, I'm going to lump the whole offense in one here, passing game, actually have a better passer rating on non-play action passes so far this year than on play action. So they have a 106 passer rating as a unit, and Kirk leading that unit, without play action, and a 104 rating with play action. And interestingly, they rank just 15th in total play action attempts. So they're not running a ton of play action relative to the rest of the league. Yeah kind of mid-pack, yep. and they're actually slightly better without play action. What do you make of that? I make of it that I'd like to see a little bit more play action when they get back from the bye, but I think it again speaks to the fact that Kirk is getting the ball out. I, I'd be curious to see what his delivery time is uh, compared to last year and the last couple of years because I think what the most important thing that Kirk is doing is being decisive and not dawdling and and the play action thing that I would like is I think that that would be an effective way to go deep like those as we saw against Panthers those deep shots are there like they are there um it feels like the Vikings have gone away from them a bit at least in the first five games game six they certainly did it a little bit more but I make of it overall that I really think that one of the most important improvements in Cousins' game is the fact he is delivering the ball and being decisive and not allowing himself as much to get into into trouble. All right, so here's what you asked for it. I'm going to deliver here. No, I'm going to oh, give you. I'm going to. I'm going to do the nerd. 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 All right. Now keep in mind, there's you know, in terms of average time to throw, everyone is within one second. There's not, like, some guys that are taking seven seconds and another guy, a tenth of a second is a lifetime when it comes to how fast you have to process and get rid of the ball. So just keep that in mind here. Average time to throw on the attempt. So I'm gonna, we're taking away sacks here. So when, when, you, 
when you drop back and you intend to throw and you throw the ball, that's what we're tracking here. We're not talking about, like, if you don't see anyone and you run around. Like, last year, Kirk ranked 33rd in uh, time to throw in terms of, let's see, let me, let me flip it around the other way. Um, so let, let me, I'm sorry, let me rephrase this. Okay. How quickly are you getting rid of the ball is the okay. question here, right? All right. He was 33rd in quickness getting rid of the ball on his pass attempts last year. So that meant he was holding onto the ball for a long time. Yep. And it's not because the offensive line was giving him all day. Because we know that. We know the offensive line was bad last year, right? Right. So he was 33rd in terms of quickest to throw the ball. This year, let's see. He's sixth. Yeah. And the, and the difference is three tenths of a second per attempt. God, this is way in the weeds here. But. Get those nerds! 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 <laughs> but, it's but it's interesting. So he's getting yeah. rid of the ball three-tenths of a second quicker this year than last year, which may not seem like much, but it literally jumps him from 33rd to 6th. So that's amazing. You know what? The guy who's getting rid of it the quickest is Ben Roethlisberger, for obvious reasons. He's just like, boom, he doesn't want check it. down. It's a difference. He's like, I really don't want football. Uh, Tom Brady is second. Um... Tua, Jimmy G, and then Kirk Cousins, followed by Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson. So, interesting company there. All right, now let's get to the fourth one here, because this is my biggest concern. We talked about this a little bit on Mackie and Judd today, the fourth key stat. It's about pressure versus no pressure. So, the good news is Cousins has only been pressured on 29% of dropbacks this season, which is 13th best in the NFL. That's, you know, it's not amazing, but like, it's way better than we've seen in the past. So he's getting a clean-ish pocket, 70% of his dropbacks. And when it's clean, 80% completions, almost nine yards per attempt, which is nuts. I mean, that's like Hall of Fame level stuff. Mm-hmm. If you can sit back there and complete eight out of every ten passes for nine yards per attempt, yeah, it's pretty badass. But when he's pressured, those numbers drop to 45% completions, and only four yards per attempt. Cousins ranks 34th in the NFL in yards per attempt when he's pressured. So four yards per attempt, that's out of 36 uh, qualified quarterbacks, he's 34th. At the top of that list, guys like Stafford, Kyler Murray, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen are all averaging more than double the yards per attempt when they're pressured. In the case of Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Mahomes, they're just scooting out of the pocket and keeping and Stafford's just, I think, better than people thought. He was with the Lions for a long time, and now he's with a real offense right. and coach. So my, my concern and my gripe here is that, you know, when, you've, when you're the second-highest cap hit in the NFL, and like, I, to me, it's not enough to just avoid blame for losses. You need to be the reason why your team wins on a consistent basis. And he's been great late in games, and so I want to give him that. Um, and he's bailed the Vikings out and probably saved Mike Zimmer's job a couple of times. But ultimately, you're not going to go deep in the playoffs by just avoiding defensive pressure. Like, there's going to be games where they're getting after you and you got to figure it out. Right. And he's been bad when pressured. So I would keep an eye on that the rest of the year. And I guess my question would be this. Is he ever... Is that one statistic that's ever going to improve for Kirk? Because I don't know. I, I mean, the only... But if Stafford can be great and if Brady can be... You know, for the mo- most biggest chunks of his career. Yeah, but Brady is Brady. Well, and Cousins isn't Brady. So and, I, yeah, and, and, Sta- and Stafford has, I'll say this for him, 
he has a, in my opinion, he has sort of a different skill set than Kirk. Like, he, he probably doesn't do some things certainly as well as Kirk, but he does some things like this better. He's also used to pressure, um, so it's so he's probably like, Rams pressure is nothing. You should have seen my life at Ford Field. But, you know, the thing with Kirk that strikes me about that statistic is this. That's one area where, for lack of a better term, I think Kirk just needs to be tricked up. Like, I don't think there's any way to redo that one and be like, Kirk, when there's pressure, you got to improve. That's why you, you roll Kirk out. Because Kirk doesn't do really well under pressure when he's forced to improvise and take off. But if you have a plan mm-hmm. and it's planned, he's really good at that. So there are some areas here where flat-out coaching is going to have to save Kirk. And I think that's that's one. But the delivery of the ball and that timing thing to me – is a huge step. Yeah. Like, if the last step that that you just gave is damning to a certain degree, the delivery time of the football is a really, really important step for a guy who's, what, 10 years in, 33, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, to improve that much on getting rid of the football is a huge positive. Yeah. So those are your four key... You like that? You like that? Vikings offensive stats focused on the passing game. Just some really, yeah, just some interesting stuff there. And there's there's definitely room to score more points coming out of the bye. And that Dallas game is going to be an absolute blast. Uh, before we get to random Viking of the week here, let's cheers to a surly furious, Judd Zolgad. You know how, how when, when a player in my favorite sport, hockey, scores a goal, he flips his jersey crest out? Well, I'd like to do the same right now for those of you who are watching <laughs> popping, me on YouTube. Popping the jersey. I'm popping the surly hoodie. That's right, folks. <laughs> I'm popping it. And you know why? Because in my fridge, there are several. I'm not going to tell you how many, but there are several surly furiouses, the IPA that revolutionized the craft beer industry in the state. And I would argue one of the best IPAs in the entire country if you've tried it out, thank you. If you have not, try it. All of these Shirley brands are great. The Oktoberfest is out right now, and I'm going to tell you boys, Roscoe, you might want to get some. It's pretty doggone good. But, yes, Surly Furious IPA is the best. Try it. And then, as Phil likes to say, tweet me at Jay Zolget and show us your cans. Surly. Slide into our DMs. No, I'm just kidding. Um, don't, be, don't be creepy. Don't be creepy. Don't be doing that. Also, a shout-out to Federated Insurance. They have been, much like the Vikings offensive line, has provided some better risk management and protection for Kirk this season. Uh, Federated, for over 100 years, has provided risk management tools and resources for business owners. So uh, you can go to federatedinsurance.com, click on the risk management corner, and find a full list of industries Federated protects. You can find out uh, about all the things they're doing to help protect bottom lines, protect employees. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, boys, it's time for the random Viking of the week here. And even though Declan's gone, Declan, it's been a great little run there. Declan, uh, back-to-back Tony Richardson and Brock Lesnar, right? Judd, you're on a two-week losing streak to Declan here, I think. Well, well first of all, first of all, uh, two weeks ago, like, yes, that's a loss. Last week was all Declan Goff. It was too close. It was marvelous. It was amazing. I give him so much credit. Rock. I mean, he's won. I think he's won three times, but two of them have been incredible. Like Tavares Jackson was like a clue, one clue, yes. and Brock Lesnar two clues. You'd recognize him if you walked into like a bar or a restaurant. I think was the clue. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to fire up a little 
some appropriate All right, music Roscoe. here. Right? Come on, Roscoe. So Ross Brendel, host of Minnesota Sports Chat. Ross helps behind that. Ross is was one of the founding forefathers of uh, of Score North less than three years ago. He's back with us. He's helping with Garage Logic and Score North. And uh, you can find him on Minnesota Sports Chat podcast. So you're gonna. This is gonna count toward Declan's standings oh, here. He's gonna be upset. So yeah. much pressure. <laughs> if if so. he loses, he's not gonna. Declan's not gonna take this well, and he gets very no, upset about I things. Probably won't be invited back. So here's how this works. All right. I'm gonna give you guys a series of clues. You each get three incorrect guesses, and then you're you're out. So. Feel free to throw out guesses liberally because that's quite you know that's that's a lot of space to play with. <laughs> you can ask me questions. I can answer if I want to. But yep. if you think you know the random Viking of the week, shout yep. it out. Arbitrary. All right, I got the surly button here. So Judd's up eight to three on the season on Declan Ross Brendel filling in here. <laughs> wow, eight to three. You were running away with it. Oh, yeah, I was on a eight game win streak. Previous random Vikings of the week include Tavares Jackson, Kelly Campbell, Leroy Horde, Jerome Felton, friend of the show. Uh, Hussein Abdullah, T.J. Clemmings, Bernard Berrien, Aaron Henderson, Rich Gannon, friend of the show, Tony Richardson, Brock Lesnar. This random Viking of the week hails originally from Oceanside, New York. This random Viking of the week played for six NFL teams during his career. Be crazy. It's a lot of teams. Oceanside, New York. Six teams. Judd, you had, do you have it? Did he start his career with the Vikings? No. Okay. For the record, I'm not cheating. I'm jotting notes. I think that that's okay. I feel like I feel like Judd. I mean, that was a real like you. I feel like you're on to something. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but you definitely have a, like you have a name in your head. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you right now my strat. I'm not going to tell you what's going on up up here in the noggin. Okay. Okay. All right. This. Random Viking of the Week. Yep. Was listed at six foot two, two hundred twenty-five pounds. Okay, so we're talking about uh... this random Viking of the Week had sixty career NFL starts and played in seventy-six career NFL games. This random Viking of the Week. Ran for 854 yards in his career. All right, I'll... Wait, wait, wait. Six, six teams, though. Six, six teams. teams is what's throwing me eight, off. Eight? Did you say 854? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking it's true. Okay. This I think I got... I'm, I'm going right. to go with one. Okay. Okay, Ross. Matt Asiata. Matt Asiata is incorrect. Ross has one guess off the board. Dude, you got to you got to buzz the money. I know, but I have I have one button bar and I'm playing music off <laughs> one and I can't it's on a different page. Well, why don't you <laughs> get two button bars? <laughs> uh, oh, okay, All right, this ran, this random viking of the week yep. played a different professional sport after his NFL career was over. A different professional sport? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Do we consider wrestling to be a different professional sport? It wasn't wrestling. Okay. But yes, we would 100% consider that to of be a course, professional of course, sport on this of, show. Of course you would. Of course you would. What am I saying? All right. This random Viking of the week. I'm trying to think of which clues to give you here. 
This random Viking of the week was the de facto heir apparent to one of the greatest players of all time. He re- he directly replaced this player. And he rushed for 854 yards and played for six teams. He's from Oceanside, New York. One of the greatest players of all time. He's not one of the greatest players of all no, time. No, no, no. He replaced one of the greatest. He replaced of all one of the greatest yeah, no, of all no, time. No, no, no. Yeah. I got that, but I'm trying. But I'm trying to think posi- right. positionally. Of this random Viking of the week played for Dennis Green in no particular order. Played for Dennis Green, Tom Coughlin, Ray Rhodes, Herm Edwards, and even Dave Wanstead. A lot of big name marquee coaches he's played for. This random Viking of the Week was an Ivy League guy. He was actually the Ivy Bowl MVP in 1994. He replaced Terry Allen, I believe. This is this is old Macadac getting his leverage back after two clues now, and done last now, week right here. Judd's, Judd's leering off camera, so I'm afraid he's cheating. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm... I'm Okay, you're doing the same I am. Yeah, so, no. Okay, last week people were accusing Declan of cheating last week. Cheating for, like, how? What do you mean? Yeah, the, no. the, 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 clue, the clues were, this, he's recognizable. This it's played in the no, Big Ten. This, this game's no fun if you cheat. And well, to be clear, to be clear, if I was going to, to, to cheat, I would cheat random season recall. That's what okay. I would cheat on. <laughs> like, if I was going to cheat, I would cheat on that one. Um, I wouldn't cheat on the. This game's fun because of the lack of uh because you don't cheat. Okay, Ivy League. Okay, this random Viking of the Week was also undrafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe, I, I, the Eagles, I believe, picked him up undrafted. But he was definitely undrafted. Go um, go through his coaches again, please. Okay. I'm not going to give you the correct order of coaches. I'm just no, going to give yeah, you the coaches. Green, right. Green was first, but the... Tom Coughlin, Denny Green, Ray Rhodes, Dave Wanstead, Herm Edwards. This random Viking of the Week, I told you he was undrafted. This random Viking of the Week, I told you he ran for 854 yards. He also threw for 69 touchdowns in his regular season <laughs> career. And 66 interceptions. Okay, so I was way off base. Okay, so it's just... This random Viking of the Week was once teammates with friend of the show, Sage Rosenfels. Oh God! I gotta be able to get this. Um, hold on. Who were the? Who were the? Who were, we we did again. We did. This random Viking of the week loved to hand the ball off to Ricky Williams. Ross. Oh wait a second. Sorry, I don't have to do did that. Did you buzz in? No, it's okay. <laughs> you buzzed in. Uh, I'm gonna go here. I believe that this is Gus Farad. Is it Gus Farad? <laughs> It is not Gus Farad. Gus Farad. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, okay, ladies okay, wow. Look and, at ladies this. and gentlemen, right. to do Declan proud, wow. your answer is Jay Fiedler. There it is. Yes! Oh, my God. Yes! Oh, my God. <laughs> you can put him on the board. Yes! Oh, my God. Jay, Jay Fiedler. Fiedler. Jay Fiedler. Jay Fiedler was the third-string quarterback. No! No! <laughs> there, 
They be the third-string quarterback no. on the 1998 Vikings behind That's Randall Cunningham and Brad Johnson. And, and he was – okay, he was really good it. for the Dolphins for, like, four years. He was – I mean, yeah. he was kind of a game manager – uh, but he led – so his career record as a, as a starter was 37-23. and 23. He had seasons in which he went 10-5 and 11-5 and and with the Dolphins in 2000 and 2001, and then they brought Ricky Williams in, and uh, he once handed the ball off to Ricky Williams 380 times in one wow. year. <laughs> so, wow. I had forgotten about him completely. You know what? I just wasn't thinking along those lines. Dude, so. Ross Randall. How about that? Three-game win streak for Declan after I reeled off eight consecutive. I got to go back to the drawing board. Amazing There might be there. changes. Are you getting nervous? There might have to be. Eight-nothing lead, and now you're down. Is it eight-one? Eight? Was it, it was eight-one. Eight eight De- oh, Declan was, took a one-nothing lead. The Judd rolled off eight in a row. It was eight to Yeah. I got to be honest. I just wasn't going to get that one. I, I, just, I wasn't in... The, the proper headspace. I just wasn't. Mm. I, I would have had it for Jay Fiedler. I just wasn't. Sorry. I would have had it after one clue, even quicker than Declan, if you would have said biggest ears in NFL history. <laughs> he did have. He did have. Yeah, he had the Andrew Siciliano. Uh, he definitely definitely he, could hear a pin drop from the other wow. side of the practice field. So wow, he wow. ran for almost one thousand yards in his NFL career. Yeah. Crazy. Somehow. Yeah, he ran for. Let me see here. So he he was pretty mobile, man. In 2000 and 2001, he averaged about 300 yards per game. He had four rushing touchdowns in 2001. Averaged uh, four and a half, five yards a carry. Jay Fiedler, the random Viking. That wasn't happening for me. That wasn't happening for me. Back to the drawing board. (laughs) Easily correctable. Got to watch the film, okay? So that is your State of the Offense episode here, edition of Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. This is Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. That's our only goal here. We raise the bar, raise the expectations. Um, Obviously, no Vikings game this weekend, but we are still pumping out Daily Purple Daily episodes. So check them out. If you're watching on YouTube, click subscribe. And click the like button so we can spread the word about the show. Go tell your Vikings fan friends that we exist. And we'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily.